This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From our virtual studios in the Netherlands. And Camarillo, California. It is time once again for the Marketing Geeks radio internet program. And I hope you trust us because we trust you to listen to this show every single week and to rate, review, and love this show on iTunes and every other platform out there, Spotify, whatever you're listening to this on. Make sure to leave a review. We love you. I trust that you will definitely listen to Justin Womack on this one because he's a trustworthy soul. You can trust him on that and you can trust me that I will give you the ability to trust me and trust Justin. Well, we know we know that we can trust you, Andro Sturgeon, because your father was a science fiction author and if I've learned anything in life, it's to trust science fiction authors' sons. That's right. And you can trust Justin on that fact. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time once again for your favorite marketing show. That's right. It is time for the Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks. Hey, everybody. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are uh, we are here again for you, man. We've got a killer, killer show, killer show. Uh, we surely, surely do. We are going to. Uh, I, I th- this all stemmed from an article that I read uh, from the Google Digital Marketing blog called Think with Google, uh, which is uh, every once in a while they'll throw something up that is quite interesting and entertaining. Uh, And uh, I read this article about how you need to start building trust with your, uh, with the people that come to your online business, or if you do any kind of online marketing, you need to build trust with them. And partly because there is um, more and more people who are blocking cookies. Uh, So that makes ads personalization uh, very limited. Uh, conversions are being underreported because of uh, uh, different types of uh, ad blockers and uh, privacy blockers. I have about three privacy blockers on Chrome uh, plus a VPN, and uh, measurement methods are uh, are not working as well. I know that there was a big scandal with uh, Facebook not too long ago because they were not accurately reporting uh, view video views and some ad uh, data that was coming in. So, uh, and especially because why, uh, why would anyone want to block cookies? I mean, come on. I mean, don't you love ads? Don't you want to just be inundated and bombarded with ad after ad, after ad, after ad? I mean, I know I do. I I just love cookies. (laughs) They are delicious. Yeah. And, and so I, you know, I use, I use something called privacy badger and I also use something called, uh, ghosterly. Uh, on Chrome, you can find them both in the uh, Chrome App Store. Ghosterly and Privacy Badger, uh, and I use a third one called uh, um, Disconnect, and that basically Disconnect will stop uh, data going from Facebook, Google, and Twitter, 
privacy badger uh, also stops uh, information going to these uh, to different third party companies, but it will also uh, keep pop-ups from uh, coming up. It will uh, keep uh, double-click uh, information from going to Google. So uh, I use that. And then I use something called Ghosterly, which is uh, another site. And what's interesting is that there was, a, there was a short moment. I don't see it as much as I used to, but uh, some sites would actually say you have to shut off your privacy uh, widget in order to go onto the site and, um, uh, you know, plus a variety of ad blockers and different uh, types of technology that are trying to keep people safe. Not only that, you also have uh, on top of that, you know, there's been so many data breaches with everything from Facebook to, uh, you know, Ashley Madison, if <laughs> you remember that gigantic leak, uh, which is pretty funny. I, I believe you were uh, among that list. Is that correct? No, I actually avoided that because I was smart enough to know that most of the people on there were bots. So you used a VPN. That's right. I used a VPN and a fake name. But, uh, uh, you know, so, so, so here's the question really uh, that I want to, to pose before we get into the show and uh, just, you know, think about it, talk among yourselves. Uh, it, it, it comes down to this with trust being such an issue, right? Uh, the the types of data that you collect, you have to be like upfront about it uh, and retargeting is getting harder. Then it really comes down to people trusting your site, trusting your brand enough. And, uh, and how do you do that as a digital marketer when the tools that we all used are slowly changing and, and disappearing on some level? So uh, yeah, well, the the requirements here too, Andros, are being uh, a lot more stringent now since the GDPR passed last uh, May. I think it was. You've probably noticed this when you go to a lot of your websites that you used to visit. At the bottom of the screen, you're going to see a bar that says "This website collects cookies," and that didn't used to be there until the GDPR passed. That's it. That's a new regulation that sites are required to have that warning if they want to collect information from citizens of the European Union. And again, I mentioned this before that California has passed legislation that's going to pretty much match the European Union laws, the GDPR laws. Uh, however, it's not going to go into effect until uh, – I, I forget if it's either the end of 2020. I think it's the end of 2020. It might be the end of 2021. Uh, but that's a yeah. big deal, which means that there are major, major changes coming to marketing in the United yeah, States. Yeah, it's, well. and it, it's going to affect everybody. It's going to affect everybody. So uh, you got to be – as a digital marketer, you got to be prepared for this. And uh, – so we're going to go over uh, some techniques and some some options, and and uh, what it really comes down to is, um, you know, if you listened to our show last week about permission marketing, where you basically uh, have to uh, convince people to give their data to you now, how do you how do you go about that? And we're going to have some techniques and some various examples, but before we get into that, we have. That's right. It's time for the Geek News uh, Report. Is that is that what we call it? I don't even know. Marketing news. Thanks, man. <laughs> what would I do without you? So uh, uh, a little bit of marketing news here. Um, uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Facebook has uh, has gotten clobbered by the UK, and uh, uh, basically the UK Parliament uh, has come out with this report that says that Facebook behaved like quote digital gangsters. Um, so this is from NPR.org, a new report <laughs> from British lawmakers on how social media is used to spread disinformation finds that Facebook and other big tech companies are failing their users and dodging accountability. And um, so it's a 108-page report. I'm going to read it to you now. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, it's, it's, uh, but it, it basically gets into everything from uh, the Cambridge Analytica scandal to how uh, Facebook collects data. And you know what's really interesting? So going going into this whole um, concept of trust, one of the things that, that Facebook, uh, part of their brand is trust, you know, whether or not they trust us with their data. And uh, as I've always said, if, if uh, the product is free, then you are the product. And because it is very now, uh, it is clearly obvious that uh, Facebook has failed us, 
their brand has been hurt tremendously. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, people ask me like, you know, why I trust Google. I've had this question. In fact, uh, I just got a Nest thermostat put into my home. Uh, I have the Google uh, uh, mesh network in my home and, uh, and people have, have said, well, yeah, what, but, you know, aren't you worried that the, these technologies are kind of tracking you all the time, especially Google? And it's like, yeah, that's a concern. But part of the the whole thing with that is that I I trust Google because if if something happened, if they had a data breach and we found out that that my data was taken by a third party or used in a way that was uh, uh, not trustworthy and that trust was broken, um, I would stop using all of their products and Google would essentially die on the vine. So. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of interesting because uh, Facebook is under a lot of heat, and right now they're also trying to. Uh, this is a different story, uh, but uh, it, it, they're they're trying to basically block anti-vax uh, disinformation and other types of disinformation that have been uh, disseminated on Facebook. But they're not doing it well enough, and people are still getting their news from Facebook, and a lot of it is wrong. So. Uh, you know, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, Facebook in the UK because if if it turns out that that uh, that Zuckerberg is called uh, back to uh, to the UK to Parliament, uh, they they could be in for some serious trouble. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'm just, I just found this on TechCrunch. So TechCrunch, I'm just going to read you the headline. It's the same story, but it's a UK Parliament's report on fake news and disinformation says, "quote Digital gangster." Facebook deliberately broke laws, and they they're now calling for antitrust and data abuse investigations. Right. So this is an antitrust case potentially in the UK. Um, so there, that's some serious uh, serious charges there. So it, it, it things might things might be heating up here. Oh yeah, and and in Germany just recently they've requested that uh, Facebook stop collecting data on uh, their users. So if they stop collecting data on their users, that means that you can't remarket to them, right? So um, this gets into kind of what we're going to talk about in a little bit, which is like how do you how do you then what tools can you use to market to people if you can't remarket, if you can't target, if those tools that we've relied on as digital marketers for the past few years uh, have, are starting to disappear? Um, that also means that the way that that both Facebook and Google make money is going to be limited. So it it um, it it's it's quite a it's quite a conundrum, especially you know as as more ad blockers. Uh, start being used. How many ad blockers do you have on Chrome? I don't use any ad blockers. I, I accept all my ads as a advertiser. I feel it is my sworn duty to, to be a victim of my own, my own doings. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well. I, I don't block them. I don't care. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you take out ads just to target yourself, right? That's right. I like to target myself. Cause I, I just like, every time I see my own ads, I get, you know, we talk about those dopamine spikes, man. I get, I get like a serious high, <laughs> serious high. <laughs> Guy just stays high all day long, man. That's an expensive <laughs> habit. Throwing down, yeah, throwing down money. Oh man, my ad campaign ran out. I gotta, I gotta load up again. See it's like a hundred dollars a click, man. But you know, it's worth it. <laughs> Target people named Justin Womack who are on a podcast called Marketing Geeks. So um. <laughs> here's an interesting, totally, totally off the topic story. Mm-hmm. Alibaba has acquired 8% stake in a Nasdaq-listed Chinese anime streaming site called Billy Billy. Hmm. And Tencent, um, you know the company Tencent? Are you familiar with them at all? Is that uh, 50 Cent's younger brother? Like, started that company? <laughs> That's exactly correct. Well, Tencent paid $320 million for a 12.3% stake in Billy Billy back in October 2018. So this is a Apparently, this is a this is a growing company. So, if you want to uh, invest in the Chinese anime streaming business, now is the time to get in. Hmm. I I I thought about investing for several years. Now <laughs> that the show is becoming popular and we almost have eight listeners, I may just do that. Well, I'm hoping they do an IPO in the United States because you know I'm definitely I'm definitely buying into Uber and then I'm buying into Billy Billy. 
Yeah, I think, uh, and I, I know that uh, based on your past uh, stock purchases, <laughs> <laughs> they've done so well. Yeah, I had a great, I had a great, a great year last year. I, <laughs> investing in MoviePass stock, uh, was it called Helios and something? And it, uh, that was a big, big winner. Yeah, big you bought, winner. You bought uh, some Dogecoin, <laughs> isn't that? Didn't that? Didn't you? Oh, I did. I bought some. Do- I bought some Dogecoin, but yeah. not, not a lot. I put a hundred bucks. I put a hundred bucks into Dogecoin, and it's it's now worth like fifty bucks. You know, and I bought uh, at the beginning of the year though. I bought uh, back in January, February. I started buying into Bitcoin and some cryptocurrencies as well. And I, I figured that like that was after you know it peaked at like twenty grand, but it had dropped. It had already dropped down a little bit. So I thought I was going to catch it on the downswing, but the downswing has continued and continued and continued. And now crypto, Bitcoin's like 3500 right now. It's pretty low. It's pretty low. So it's a great time to invest or it's a great time to go, I shouldn't have mortgaged my home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So the, the moral to that story is, I don't know. Is there a moral to that story? So um, not really. <laughs> not really. Um, so so uh, any of the news you want to cover? It's kind of a slow news week. Yeah, yeah, there are there are uh, there are a couple things. I wanted to, to give a resolution to the story we covered last week about Amazon considering leaving New York. Oh, yeah. It has happened. They have abandoned New York and it was the result of political backlash. So uh, apparently they were they received some heavy handed uh, criticism about the, the company coming to New York. And they decided that rather than deal with the headaches of um, being called out, they would just abandon the project. And they are totally abandoning headquarters too. Um, they had different, they had a few, that was the main headquarters was going to be in New York. And they had a few kind of satellite offices. The satellite offices will still continue to be built. And one of them was in Virginia. I forget where the other one was. Uh, but there will not be a big headquarters, too, uh, at least at this time. Yeah, and uh, a- AOC, who's my favorite uh, uh, politician right now, um, because just because she's like she's just she's making politics look fun, and that's kind of she's putting new energy into uh, politics. I think that she's she's a savvy uh, political marketer, so uh, I can I can definitely respect that. But um, well, there's no question she's a great, great political marketer. I mean, there's no question there. She is uh, the way that she was able to create that campaign for herself is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. So I, I uh, uh, she was actually the one who who made sure that uh, uh, Amazon didn't uh, didn't build their headquarters there. And in part, it has to do with the fact that um, uh, the Amazon warehouse employees are paid. Nothing really, and they're treated like crap. My mother, of all people, uh, she needed a job. This is, you know, this is just part of the American dream. Uh, this is a woman who's in her like almost late seventies, and she, the uh, her Medicare was not, uh, and and uh, you know the 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 funds that she had for her own retirement just were not there, so she had to get a job, and of course she got a job at the Amazon uh, fulfillment center. Where she was getting paid absolute, like not quite minimum wage, but not much over minimum wage, and uh, she had to basically stock these, like move things around and uh, wear these uh, motion monitors. So she would always be at her station. Everything was micromanaged. They treated her like a like a robot, essentially. And it's kind of sad that this woman in her seventies has to like do that kind of job for uh, what what essentially amounts to minimum wage, right? So I, yeah. I think that that it's the the way that uh, and you know there's no healthcare there's none of that with um, these jobs, so I, I think that uh, they put uh, kind of their foot down and said no New York's too expensive we can't afford to have people working at these jobs and so they well uh, also of note because this uh, now that we're talking about Amazon I just remembered that there was a story that ran yesterday or the day before that Amazon paid zero dollars in federal taxes last year. That's right. So uh, that was a uh, of interest. That was interesting because I know they take a large, large loss on postal uh, postal services because they they have free shipping and they do they take a loss there because they're acquiring gigantic market share. Um, so I assume that that's helping to to ease their tax burden a lot. 
but I still don't know how they got down to zero. That's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of expenses there. Maybe some giant CEO bonuses and uh, <laughs> well, things like that. I don't know. You know, the, the, this is, this gets into um, a whole interesting thing about, you know, how businesses are taxed. Uh, you know, here in the Netherlands, I pay 40% tax. And if I made enough money, I would pay 50% tax. And, you know, I, I tell that to people and they go, what? But, uh, but, you know, and as a business, I have to pay that as well. But the thing is, is that the infrastructure in this country is amazing. And uh, the healthcare is super cheap, $350 uh, or 350 euro for a family of five, right? Full like medical care and it's good medical care. So um, it, it, it's a, um, uh, it's a problem because a lot of these companies have their headquarters in like the Cayman Islands or Bermuda, and they just have like one tiny office with one person working in it, but that's their headquarter office. And uh, yet they will get these huge tax breaks to, uh, to build like new uh, headquarters in these Different states. There was a, a really famous uh, uh, story. I, I I I have a I listened to a podcast on this, and it just blew my mind that basically Foxconn was going to open this gigantic factory in um, I forget what state it was. I want to say Kentucky or uh, someone correct me on this, but basically they were going to open this huge uh, factory, and they thought that it was going to bring in all these jobs. And um, at the end of the day, it turned out that they gave them. Basically, they gave them free money to build the entire factory. So it was going to cost the taxpayers a ton of money, but they were thinking, well, it's going to give us jobs. But when they figured out what they were actually going to put at that factory, it was going to be for R&D, uh, which means that they were just going to hire scientists from America, give them good jobs to, you know, to to skim off their intellectual um, ability uh, and uh, and invention, uh, so you know, and this is this is a Chinese company. So the the, the concept of of jobs being created and, and giving away uh, money to build these giant factories it's a it's a fallacy, right? I mean, the corporate greed is a real thing, and if if you use the commons, if you drive on on roads, if you uh, you know, use the the public uh, arena to make your your uh, factory or your business run. You should pay your fair share in taxes. I have no problem paying taxes if it's going to the right place. But uh, this is a this is a huge issue. So, um, and it also erodes, you know, trust. And it's the nature of capitalism. Um, you know. The way that the way that businesses are structured in the United States, their responsibility is to the shareholders. So it's profit at all costs. And when you when you have a when right. you have a, a right. system well, that's set up that way, yeah, they're going to look for loopholes. They're going to exploit everything that they can, and they're going to set up their office in the Cayman Islands so that they can get a gigantic tax uh, tax relief. Uh, I mean, I can't blame them with the way the system is set up. It's a matter of uh, the government needs to to patch you know patch the holes. I mean, that's that's where. That's the problem here right. because uh, it's going to continue until something like that is uh, is handled. Well, you know the difference between capitalism and communism, right? Tell me. Well, communism is a uh, is a system in which man just ends up exploiting man, and capitalism is the exact opposite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, think about I see. that. So it's a man. Ends up exploiting man. So man exploits up ends man. I That's did it right. backwards. That's right. <laughs> Good job, man. That was a palindrome. <clears throat> Not quite. It was almost palindrome. Not quite, but yeah, yeah. So, so the so uh, moving along, uh, you know, to the to the meat of this. This gets into you know what we're going to talk about, which is building trust with uh, with your you know the people that you're you're in business with the people that visit you the way that you advertise. So, so, you know, and if, if you break trust, then, then it's going to, it's going to not only damage your brand, but uh, it, it, building up that trust again is, is extremely difficult. So, if, you know, if somebody, if somebody steals from you and then they come back and they say, you know what, I stole from you. I was caught. I'm sorry. I will never do it again. Even if they're completely reformed, that trust is broken. Uh, and uh, in geek news, we have a, uh, a 
a high, a really good example about this. This is something that you were talking about before the show, which is uh, they've. They, it looks like they're going to cast the new Batman, right? Yeah, that's right. The uh, the rumor is that Army Hammer, who actually, I don't know if you remember this back from like the early maybe late mid late two thousands, they were going to do a Justice League movie, um, uh-huh. and they were going to cast Army Hammer as Batman back then. And there was like nobody knew who he was back then, and there was like gigantic backlash, like who the hell is this guy? And now it looks like ten years later, he may be Batman in the in the new uh, Matt Reeves movie where it's supposed to get back to Batman's detective roots. But like like we were saying before the show, I, I think Batman's kind of uh, hit the saturation point right now. Right. Batman needs to go back in the Batcave. And, and uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing is, is that, is that uh, I, I pride myself on the fact that I did not see uh, Batman versus Superman and I did not see uh, the Justice League movie. I just... They they seemed like stinkers coming from a mile away. And you and said so Suicide I, Suicide Squad. You said you missed out on two. I totally avoided that. I'll go see the James Gunn Suicide Squad because I know that's going to be dope. But uh, but as far as as actual like uh, a, a decent Batman movie, and then Ben Affleck, who it, it, to his credit is a very capable director. I mean, he directed Argo, which was fantastic um it was a really great he's directed a few movies uh that were that are pretty decent so yeah he's a he's a very capable director right and he was an actor he's okay yeah he's not terrible but you know it's it's kind of like he does i gotta admit he does have kind of a punchable face i just look at him and he looks a little (laughs) smug and i kind of want to hit him uh (laughs) you know it's just he just has resting Smug, resting smug face. Smug face, like resting. <laughs> I want to punch your face. That's just him. Uh, you know, no disrespect to, to the man. I'm sure he's a wonderful human being. But uh, but the uh, but the but the the point is this, and the reason why we bring up Batman is because we had two basically with Suicide Squad three Batman movies that all sucked really bad. Right? They sucked. And yeah. They were they were terrible, and your life is better for not having seen them. That's right. That's six hours of my life I get to save. Right? I could I, I get to more than six. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, more I, than six. I think Batman vs Superman was almost three. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we, you know, six, seven. Hours. I could binge watch a terrible show on Netflix with that time. So totally. Yeah. But the but the point is is that the Batman franchise has been hurt. Like the credibility of like, oh, here comes another Batman. Now we're you know another Batman movie with another Batman. Um, and, uh, and I, at this point, I don't, I don't care anymore. I've been duped one too many times. It's the same thing, unfortunately, with Star Wars. I mean, um, I actually, am one of the few people that liked, uh, The Last Jedi, but I had problems with the overall reboot of the, of the new franchise. And, and if you really think about it and you line up all the Star Wars movies, um, which, uh, now there are, uh, there, there are, what is it? Uh, eight, nine, 10, 10 Star Wars movies in total. There are, there, <laughs> there are eight that, well, oh, you're talking about the spinoffs too. Yeah. Yeah. 10, there are 10, ten. right now. Yeah. There's 10, 10 Star Wars movies. And arguably there are, uh, out of the 10, maybe two and a half were good. So that's not a good ratio. So my trust in the Star Wars franchise has diminished, Terribly. So, so, you know, if, if, if you have a business and your um, online security gets breached, you know, or if you're, if the way you're collecting data is not, uh, is not good, then, then you're going to have an issue. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to bring up too, that we're talking about market saturation. The, uh, the Lego franchise is seeing major fatigue right now. Because they just released Lego Movie Two, and it is underwhelming at the box office. And a lot of the uh, perception is that, you know, we overdid it. We did we did the Lego Movie, which was a huge success, and then like right after that, they did Batman Lego, which was a pretty good success. And then they they really stretched it out with Lego Ninjago, which uh, was a somewhat success. And then they put out Lego Lego Movie Two, like shortly thereafter, and now it's uh, it's struggling. And, and again, it's it's fatigue. You have to, yeah, you but have it's to also, balance balance it out. Yeah, the the Lego movie is kind of a one note joke, you know. So it's mm-hmm. hard to. It's a commercial. Uh, I actually, I mean, yeah. have you seen it? Did you see the original Lego movie? I saw it for the first time the other night. Believe it or not. 
I saw the original Lego movie and I saw the Batman Lego movie and I, I enjoyed both of them. Um, yeah. not, they weren't, I didn't think they were like excellent, but they were, they were enjoyable. They were enjoyable. Right. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's also, you know, you can't oversaturate, but, uh, if I go to a, another Lego movie at this point, uh, I, it's probably going to be, we know the same sort of thing. And, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't need that. Right. So, so the question then is like, you know, oversaturation of your product or service. Uh, you know, we are, we are creatures that want to see something new and um, interesting over and over again. Uh, we'll, you know, we love seeing the rabbit being pulled out of the hat uh, and you might be able to pull the rabbit out of the hat twice, but if you pull the rabbit out of the hat too many times, it stops being interesting. Right. Yeah. So you've got to reinvent yourself, and uh, that's something that we can talk about in another show. But uh, but it, it going back to the to the you know what we're the the main topic is really about this this concept of of building trust with your uh, with with your clientele and the people. No, I wanted to say something, Andros. Um, yeah. Because because Google, you you had mentioned how you kind of trust Google. Well, Google actually released a um, a white paper. This last uh, this last weekend at the Munich Security Conference. So this is partial this is partial news and partial fitting on topic here that details uh, how it fights disinformation across its largest platforms, including uh, Google News, YouTube, and on Google Ads. Yeah. And so this is uh, this is just kind of interesting because they they talk about how disinformation has come by different uh, by many names, including fake news and post truth era. And they, they characterize the uh, misinformation as deliberate efforts to deceive and mislead using the speed, scale, and technologies of the open web. And they talk about how some people are financially motivated, some are motivated um, for political reasons, and then some are just internet trolls that, you know, they troll for right. their own entertainment. Do it for the lulls. But uh, so, so, (laughs) and so that's the other thing is like, as, uh, as we are saturated with disinformation, right, talking about saturation, then it, the trust factor in, in how people interact with, uh, with a product or service is starting to shift as well. I mean, um, it's, it's, you know, that's why there's this whole movement of like, oh, that's fake news. And there are people out there now who literally will not believe anything because they, they think that it's all fake news. Um, you know what I what I have done is I have I, I have a, a, a whole list of trusted sources that I go to that I know are going to be doing um, some some actual journalism, uh, and that's where I get my news from. So I don't you know I'm not one of these people that are just like, well, it's all fake. That's just fake news. You can't believe anything, and that's not true. You can vet and you can trust certain things. And we all have, you know, certain products and certain, uh, um, you know, brands that we trust. And we know that, that no matter what, I will rely on these brands because part of what they're selling is trust. So the way that you as a brand have to go about doing your marketing has to include trustworthiness, right? Yeah. Because if you, if you break that trust with your clients, then, then, that that is impossible to get back. You can't do it. Well, let's let's you know? talk about trust too, because uh, trust also goes to like platforms like Google. They are rewarding companies that are trustworthy and which are providing valuable information to end users, and they continue to combat the manipulation of search engine rankings. Mm-hmm. So for years and years, marketers have always uh, – this is kind of like what we talked about with capitalism. They found the loopholes, right? You're finding the loopholes to get your uh, to get your page up on top. And Google continues to upgrade their algorithm year after year. They now have something called Rank Brain, which uh, incorporates AI a little bit. Um, but they they continue to do this, and by – by implementing all these these updates, what they're doing is they are looking for companies that are going to provide real information uh, that is valuable to people that actually fits the if somebody's search intent is to get information on CBD or something like that. Let's let's use that as an example because it's a kind of a trending topic in 2019. Um, they want to find legitimate information about the topic. They don't want to find whoever has the most uh, keyword jams of the term CBD in one website, 
they want to find something that actually provides them with value. So, so Google is kind of using AI and they're using actually real, um, real people as, as far as I've been told on this to, uh, in, in terms of creating their ranking system. And I think, and I think that's also relevant in this conversation because we're, we're, we're in an era now where it's important to, to be creating a brand that is authentic and also um, trustworthy and real, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Transparency. Me, yeah, yeah. So, so in this, and that's interesting that you bring that up because in this article um, on the Think with Google uh, blog, they, they talk about the three things that you need to do in order to build that trust. And so uh, those three, three things are, one of them is exactly what you said. You got to be transparent about the data you collect. And this is part of the thing with the GDPR, um, you know, where now when you go to pretty much any website, that little thing pops up and it's like, we collect cookies. We, you know, uh, you know, we collect your data. Is, are, do you, are you okay with that? So you have to ask for clear consent and give people real choices in the types of experiences they can have with your brand, depending on their privacy needs. So, I mean, the thing is, is that, uh, and, and, you know, you and I were on the radio uh, um, about a year ago, and I had this interesting conversation with one of the women on the show where she, we, we were talking about privacy and she was like, well, how do I, how do I like keep my privacy and my data secure? And I was like, well, do you have a cell phone in your pocket? Put it in a microwave, you know, and, and blow it up and then live in a cave <laughs> because that's essentially all you can do. Privacy is, is in this day and age is a fallacy. We, we, in order for us to, to move through the world nowadays, we have to basically resign ourselves to the fact that our privacy is now no longer uh, a thing that we can control. But uh, but when yeah, anything connected to the internet can be turned into a listening device. So it's it's pretty crazy how uh, how little privacy we have, or how it can be exploited if uh, if they want to exploit it. That, that's right. That's right. And and uh, and there's been uh, so much information about uh, about this. You know that that uh, apps that you have on your phone. Uh, in fact, I, I I took all Facebook apps off of my phone, but I still use WhatsApp. Um, and now that uh, Facebook is taking their messenger, their instant messaging from Instagram and WhatsApp, and they're going to turn it into one messenger. Um, you know, part of the agreement that you give when you when you when you install these apps is uh, is this app allowed to basically take all data from your phone, right? And listen in if if yeah. uh, uh, if it so desires. Access contact records, like access like all this yeah. private information, probably your notes. Yeah. Access your microphone, access your camera at any time, post on your behalf, like all of it. So so the 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 thing is is that I don't trust Facebook anymore. Facebook has violated my trust. And now that uh, that they're going to do this whole thing with Messenger, I, I'm I'm reconsidering whether or not I'm going to use uh, uh, WhatsApp anymore. And that's why I have switched. That's why I have switched to Instagram because I trust them so much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't do Facebook anymore; just Instagram. Uh, but the thing is, is that is that Facebook was not transparent about the data they collected it and how they used it, and that's how they broke my trust. So you have to you have to be very clear and transparent about that type of data. Um, and then you have to be thoughtful about the data that is collected. So you have to uh, invest in a direct way to measure your interactions with your users. And uh, and here, you know, cookies are- Like a CRM. That, that's right, that's right. So, so, you know, here cookies are set only if visitors have uh, had direct contact with your with your website, and you know, right now I've been doing a lot of business uh, with different companies and consulting uh, here in Europe, and it's 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 fascinating because the data protection laws here in Europe are are vastly more stringent than in America, and so uh, you know, little tiny things that you take for granted when when you're in America, you can't do here. So one of those things, for instance, is um, I set up a uh, an email. Uh, uh, contact form on the website of this uh, company I'm, I'm doing some business with. And uh, when I set it up, then one of the things I, re I asked them is like, hey, can we put this in, like, if, if we collect someone's information, can we put it directly into Salesforce? Because I know that ability exists. 
to to collect the information and put it in the CRM? And they said, no, you, you can't do that because you, we've got to be very explicit that we're doing that, that we're collecting that data and we're going to store it for um, remessaging. The other thing, and this is really fascinating, is uh, um, in fact, I just got an email from, uh, from the company this morning asking me to fix this. When you go to the website, it asks you, uh, would you like to receive information for us? And I clicked, I, I made the form so by default it would say yes. So if somebody filled it out, it would already be you know, pre-selected as yes. And then you send off the form so you automatically get uh, the newsletter. Well, you can't do that. You can't automatically select yes. They have to, they have to choose yes or no. So um, it's, uh, you know, you've got to be very, very clear and thoughtful about how you collect your data and how you're going to re-communicate with people. Um, because if you abuse that in any way and somebody even gets an email that they didn't ask for, it's going to hurt your brand. Yeah. Right? So your, your privacy policies need to be pretty explicit in the, uh, in the European Union. And there are, I mean, there's a bunch of other regulations in the European Union as far as um, people have the right to be forgotten which means that if they request it, you have to completely erase their information from your uh, from your system. The only exception to that is if they've been a paying customer, you still have to erase them, but you can keep like the financial records as like an anonymous contact. Right. So it's a uh, it, yeah it's and crazy yeah and that's a that's a that's an important point because. Um, uh, the thing is, is that if, if, you know, if you're listening to this and you have your own, you know, business or you're dealing with, uh, you know, doing some marketing for a company as a, as a freelancer, um, is this something that you have considered when building a website, let's say, uh, or, or creating some sort of e-commerce site? Because the, the biggest issue with this is that if somebody, especially if they're doing business over here in Europe and they send you a request to be forgotten, do you have the, the methodology to do that easily and, and follow those guidelines? And this is a big bust, right? Because before when it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, whatever. Uh, now, if somebody actually decides to, uh, you know, request that they, their information be forgotten or that they're not, they, they don't want to be tracked and you, you, you either aren't able to uh, follow through with that or you just you know, you just are, are, don't have the mechanism for doing that. You're, you can be in a lot of trouble. And if you're, if you're a subcontractor, if you're doing business for another company and, and you fail that company, then you're held liable, right? You're, you as, as a marketer are, are going to be held liable. So you've got to be really on your game when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, and then there's a third, a third thing that is going to really determine whether or not, uh, a, a, a somebody trusts a brand or or you as a business or um, a marketer and that is uh privacy safe uh when managing customer data and this means that you have to we have to all of us have to start investing in cloud technology that has built-in security capabilities like data encryption because the thing is is that uh there are so many data breaches nowadays and you know you hear about this over and over again there was uh just a data breach uh with uh what was it Hilton Hotels not too long ago I missed that one but probably yeah, and and if you and basically if you uh, have gone onto the Hilton website and registered or gone to a Hilton hotel, your data has been breached, right? And, uh, and they uh, they better have uh, they better have encrypted credit card collection mechanisms at least at the very least, and most companies do, um, or most merchants. I believe all pretty much all merchants do at this point. But it's uh, yeah, it's a scary thought what what people right. can and, steal. And, and, so, so, so the the way that you encrypt uh, data, if somebody goes to your website and they fill out a form or they do any kind of, you know, even if it's just for uh, email marketing purposes, uh, once you collect that data, if the system that you're using gets breached, you're held liable, right? So, so you got to keep all of this in mind and make sure that you trust as a marketer or as a business, you have to trust who you're, um, uh, who you're dealing with and, and the type of data you're collecting and where that data is going yeah. and if it's secure. So a lot to think about. And, and on top of that, yeah, you should be collecting real valuable data about your customers in a CRM system 
uh, because it's going to give you better results. As you mentioned earlier, how the tracking cookies will only track activity on the website, um, but it, it doesn't track things like phone calls. It's not going to track things like people that interact with your Facebook page. Well, I guess it, it could it could somewhat track that, but people on Messenger it might not track exactly. So you have to you have to have mechanisms for kind of tracking outside activity. Um, if they send an email, that's not going to be tracked by a tracking cookie, uh, really. So it's it, it, there's just other there's other ways that you need to be kind of keeping tabs on what customers are doing so that you can respond appropriately and uh, and personalize the messages for them. Yeah, and and you know this goes. Uh, this is true even if you let, let's say hypothetically that you have a uh, WordPress site like I do. I have I have. Uh, um, you know, I do WordPress, uh, most of the time when I build sites for like people. the one, like the one you're working on for marketing geeks. That's, that's like three months in the making. You know what? That site is, <laughs> I'm putting so much love and care into that site. You can't look, I you know what I tell people, man, I tell people you can have it, you can have it fast, you can have it good, or you can have it cheap, but you can only choose two of those things. And since I'm building that site for free, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really slow. <laughs> That's right. Uh, my apologies to people, but uh, I'm actually, um, because the show is becoming so popular and we now almost have eight listeners uh, as opposed to our seven. Uh, I am, I am actually putting some time into building the site, but uh, that's a, that's a topic for another day. Um, but, uh, but, but the thing is, is that with WordPress uh, it, it, there, there, there are hackable sort of things that happen with it. If you ever follow the data of people who go to your website, uh, then, you know, you can, you can see that if you get traffic from Russia or China or, you know, Belarus or any of these strange countries, those, those are attempts to hack the site. And so one of the things that you, you need to do, especially, and this is just some quick tips uh, to wrap up the subject, but, but uh, a few things that you can do to keep your, uh, your WordPress site less hackable, uh, I would recommend a plugin called WordFence. WordFence is a, uh, is a, is a nice little plugin that does uh, digital security. I, uh, I like it. If somebody tries to hack into your site, it'll send you an email and let you know. Um, you need to limit the attempts of how people log into the site. So, uh, you know, if you set that to like three, then, you know, it'll be harder for people to log in. Uh, the other thing that you can do is there's a, there's a, a way, there's a plugin that will allow you to change the login page uh, URL of your WordPress site. So instead of going to uh, you, your URL.com uh, forward slash WP dash uh, uh, admin, which is the, the typical uh, login uh, page for any WordPress site, you can change that uh, to a custom URL, which will be harder to uh, log in. And then one, uh, one tiny um, little feature that I definitely recommend, and most people miss this, is when you first install a WordPress uh, install from scratch, then it gives, uh, it also installs a, uh, uh, a post called uh, Hello World. So it puts a sample post on the website. So if you go to most sites and type in, uh, you know, your, your URL.com forward slash Hello World, there's usually a post there and people don't take it down. So the one of the so that's that's a way that people can go and uh leave comments and you know fill up you know data breach your website. So with that I would definitely recommend getting rid of that post when you do your fresh WordPress yeah. uh, install. So I just want to add that another way you could protect your WordPress site is by um, the ones you gave are kind of like the ways to do it for cheap, but you can actually purchase uh, managed WordPress hosting now. Yeah, and if you if you get managed WordPress hosting, the uh, the company will automatically do all the updates uh, for security. And the, I mean, the aim of the premium hosting is really to provide strong security. Um, so it actually does protect you against uh, most hacking and malware and like um, DOS attacks. So it's it's a uh, that's that's an option for you. It, it tends to be more expensive than regular hosting. There's a couple different platforms that you can look into. GoDaddy has an option which is I think more expensive. Uh, WP Engine. There are several options. I'm not going to get into them right now, 
Uh, but that's another way where you're going to have to put a little bit of money up front, but you can uh, you can protect your site from hacking. Right. And of too. course, you could always do like a uh, like a Squarespace or something which has some uh, pretty robust data security. That too. So, you yeah. know, once just to sum up, you know, if you really want to build trust, uh, be transparent about about the data that you're collecting. Be upfront that you care about people's security and then do something about uh, the the data security. Make sure that it's that everything is uh, is in place. And then you know when you when you slowly build that trust and you you implement permission marketing, uh, you will be able to maneuver around the ad personalization issue that is becoming more and more prevalent. That people are going to uh, you know especially us marketers, it's going to be harder and harder to target individuals for advertising. So, you know, this is something that we can get into as, you know, as things become more automated, more tools uh, get into effect. But uh, with that, um, I'm going to leave one last little um, uh, story here, which is kind of interesting. This is from Marketing Land. But Amazon has just introduced a platform to help people with this very issue. And it's called Amazon Moments. And Amazon Moments is a tool that gives brands a new way to build deliver uh, loyalty campaigns. So marketers will be able to use the self-service API platform to create reward programs that drive user actions across apps and websites. And the way that it works is essentially it uh, gamifies uh, how people, uh, you know, have uh, loyalty. So for instance, um, let's say that uh, you have a, a the, the example they give here is let's say you have a fitness app and the fitness app developer knows that users who complete 30 workouts during a given time period are more likely to spend money on the app. Uh, it could incentivize users by giving them a reward to accomplish an action, right? So it basically is a reward program that gamifies rewards uh, for your app or service. So, you know, we've seen this where you go to a website and it's like, check back again tomorrow and we'll, you know, you could spin the wheel and get like qualify for a prize. And this is a way to build loyalty and interaction with people where they will continue to come back to your, uh, to your site. Like for instance, uh, with, uh, the marketing geeks, I know that we've developed loyalty with, uh, our sex robot report. That's right. Ugh. The world famous, world famous. We know, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you turn into the show just to hear the sex robot report. Uh. That's right. All right. The number one, the number one in the world on podcasts. So uh, this is from themirror.co.uk. Uh, sex robots, now porn stars. As new series dubbed Erotic Black Mirror airs online. First of all, I, I got to give props to whoever wrote this headline because it has sex robots, porn stars, and Black Mirror in one headline. That, my friends, is a triple home run. That, that I'm in. I'm going to click that article. Right? <laughs> I'm so clicking. <laughs> the, uh, the show's director... The show's director believes it's the first time an X-rated sex doll has been used in a mainstream porn show. Is that mainstream porn show? Is there I, – I, I can't even name one mainstream porn show. But, hey, that's – you know. I'm, well, I'm, I mean, if you look at – I mean, the thing is nobody talks about it, right? But if you look at, like, the numbers on internet traffic, yeah, there are some mainstream ones, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all know. It's like if you look at the numbers, it's like it's like news site, news site, porn, 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 news, news, porn on like top uh, top traffic sites. That's right. Well, Google and Facebook are up there too. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, sex robots are now starring in a raunchy in raunchy porn movies as new eighteen plus erotic TV series airs online. Dubbed the Erotic Black Mirror, Future Darkly. Future Darkly, huh? Is a web sci-fi series forecasting the future of sexual fantasies in case uh, a world where X-rated robots roam the earth as companions to human beings. The first episode of the series was broadcast on X-rated Netflix of porn adult time, focuses on sex robots of tomorrow and features the Aurora doll, a leading sex robot made in North America. The star is a woman called Becca who meets up with an older man named Robert with an aim to having a threesome, not 
with another human, but with Harper, his quote, special companion. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And digisexual. They actually, they actually have uh, digisexual. It's a, you know, they actually have stills from the, uh, from it. I, I, I'm not sure I really want to watch, you know, a porn movie with just like someone having sex with a sex doll. I think that's kind of weird, but you know, Hey, who am I to judge? I think man? you're weird for not wanting to watch that. I mean, I, yeah, I, I am. I must have some <laughs> sort of hang up, and that means that I'm not digisexual inclusive. I should examine my, uh, my judgmental self. So, you know, you know, let me say one thing here. Yeah. Let, let me say one thing. I, I, cause I, I had to do this. I went to uh, Amazon that owns a site called Alexa.com, which existed before the Amazon Alexa devices uh-huh. even did. And they, they rank the top sites for traffic. So actually uh, the world is a, a little bit more of a humble or, or of a wholesome place because the porn sites are down to number 27, 28 and below in the world. But we have like, you know, we have like Netflix at 24, we have like Instagram at 16, and we have like Google at number one, YouTube number two, Facebook number three, and then down at number 20, the one, uh, 27, we have porn555.com. At 28, we have pornhub.com, and it just gets raunchier and raunchier huh, as you porn get on the Porn555.com? I don't even know that one. That's <laughs> – yeah, well, I've never even we heard know what it. we're yeah. doing with our uh, with our free time after the show. Uh, <laughs> oh, BillyBilly.com is number 49. BillyBilly.com. That was the, am- the Chinese anime one that we talked about earlier that just huh. shows up at number 49. Never heard of it until right now. There you now, go. It's now it in the consciousness. So, uh, yeah, we know, we know what we're going to do uh, after the show. We are going to binge watch <laughs> Future Darkly. That's right. So, and with that... Another fine edition of the Sex Robot Report. Erotic yeah. Black Mirror, huh? <laughs> Erotic Black Mirror porn stars. Is it Netflix. is it choose your own adventure? Like the uh <laughs> no, you gotta get a real sex doll for that one, man. <laughs> so uh all right, and uh just to finish up our show, because we got about three minutes left, uh Interesting uh, little tidbit about the Academy Awards. So, so this is this is uh, again this is a trust factor, right? The Academy Awards uh, wanted to reboot the show to make it more relevant for for you know the uh, younger generation for a newer audience, and uh, in doing so, they basically completely wrecked it. And so, one <laughs> of the things that they were doing is like, well, we'll make the short show shorter by uh, giving awards uh, during commercial breaks, including like best animated feat or be- what is it? Best animated short. Yeah. Uh, cinematography think- was one of them. Cinematography, which is like, that's actually a great award, right? Hair and makeup. Yeah. So they I were not going like makeup, to- yeah. Right. So they were not going to broadcast the awards that they felt were, quote, lesser. And this is after, of course, that they were they came up with this cockamamie idea of like giving an Academy Award to most popular feature, whatever that means. Um, After the Kevin Hart fiasco, after they could not find a host for the uh, for for the show, because no celebrity out there wanted to have a flashlight put up their butt to see if they ever said anything that was, uh, you know, off color. So <laughs> so in doing all of this to make the show more relevant, they have completely made themselves irrelevant. So finally, the Academy backtracked yet again. <laughs> And uh, they are going to include those categories in the main show because there was so much outrage. Uh, tons of like uh, well-known directors and uh, celebrities were, were uh, crying foul. So the Academy Awards decided, okay, we'll put those back in. But they still don't have a host. Uh, nobody has seen really any of the movies that have been nominated except for <laughs> Black Panther. And uh, it's you know something will win that nobody has seen at all. Uh, so did Vice get nominated? I like that one. I liked Vice, but I don't even know if it got nominated. Uh, I think I think uh, I, 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 uh, he got an actor nomination. I think. Yeah, I think Christian Bale and I think hair, hair and makeup. You know, uh, but uh, hair and makeup. Yeah, but overall, I think they're going to win that one. I think he's going to win that one. <laughs> possibly, but the but the question is: Is the Oscars even relevant anymore? And I would, you know, this is from hmm. somebody who I, I used to work in the entertainment. Let me ask you this: Yeah, will 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 Smith win Best Hair and Makeup for the new Aladdin sequel after uh, being revealed as the genie? Dude, Blueface is not cool. I think twenty years from now, people will be like, <laughs> "Oh, dude, remember when Will Smith was in Blueface?" Dude, 
And he'll look at that yeah. and he'll be like, yeah, man, but that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That was a digital representation of me. I wasn't even in there. Like that's, that's my Will Smith <laughs> imitation. It's terrible. That's dead on. Don't ever. <laughs> man, you know what? They're going to pull out this recording in like 20 years and be like, see, Andres can't be president because of his Will Smith imitation. <sighs> you can't win. I think there's other reasons you can't be president. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about that. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we close out another fine Marketing Geeks Radio Hour. I learned a lot today. We laughed. We cried. We did so much. I wanted to give one more piece of geek news. The Kevin that Kevin Smith is rebooting Jay and Silent Bob, and they start shooting next week. So I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, kind of interesting. The reboot that everybody was wanting and asking for. Oh man, I've been begging for it for years and years and years, and finally it's back. Finally. <sighs> It's fun living in end times. It really is. Uh, Ron Burgundy has his own podcast right now. I still haven't listened to it, but I hear uh, I hear it's funny. Yeah, we will see. I'll be. He steals my lines though. (laughs) He does. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, everybody, thank you once again for being part of this awesome hour of pure radio internet gold. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and love the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on Prancer, on Dasher, whatever. (laughs) That's right. Whatever you hear podcasting. I listen to stuff on Dasher. And with that, 